Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I am so happy to have you all here. And we're going to talk about authenticity and reluctant leadership. So the term authenticity really does get tossed around quite a bit these days. We believe we want it, and yet mm, do we really know what it is? Well, my very special guest today, Norma Hollis, is an international authority on authentic leadership and self-awareness. And she's here to tell you how to access both. And most importantly, you're going to gain insight on how finding your authentic voice can really bring more meaning and success to your life, as well as your impact on the world. Norma, welcome to our our show today. Linda, thank you so much. I appreciate being here, and thank you for having me as one of your guests. Oh, I am so delighted. You and I had a great conversation when we set this up, and I just couldn't wait to have you here. (laughs) So, Norma. Well, thank you. uh, I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, you're so very welcome. Um, Norma, could you tell our, our listening audience a little bit about your background as to how you got to where you are today as an international authority on authentic leadership and self awareness? Well, it really was inspired by my desire and my need to know myself. I started at really at 28 years old, and I realized I had done everything that my parents had they do with their great parental advice. I got a degree in, early, in, in education, and I married a man who had a good job and good potential. We had house, cars, and the things that they say are important, and I was miserable. And mm. I didn't know what to do with myself for the rest of my life. Um, and so I, I started to, to just delve into who am I and what makes me human, what makes me me. And little did I know that that would end up being a 30-year journey that took me through early childhood and, and human development, directing preschool programs, understanding families and parenting, and owning a speaker's bureau. As I was the first black woman to own a speaker's bureau for ethnic speakers. And then realizing that I was really about authenticity, because all the time I was going through these, I was writing and writing mm-hmm. and feeling driven, if you will, to write. And then not even knowing what I had written when I finished. <laughs> yeah. But what That's... it actually was, was a whole system. It was a system of understanding myself. It was, it was a 30-year journey of self-awareness. And then by the time I finished the writing and written nine books on it, <laughs> I... Well, I had my bureau, and, people, and the Internet had just gotten started, so I had people all around the country who were following me. And so I went on, 20, I went on tours. I went on 20 cities in 18 months and shared my information, and I found out that the way that I dissected myself also represented everybody else. And that's when I realized I was kind of on to something, and then I just kept researching and studying and testing and going from there. And then I just got back a few weeks ago from spending two months in China teaching this program of leadership and authenticity to students. So I've had such great reviews and raves and responses, and people are getting insights very rapidly by understanding what I have put together. And so I'm kind of, that's kind of how it went. I just kind of followed my inner voice. I followed the spirit that was leading me 
that was guiding me to know myself better and found out that I had something that not only helped me, but helped other people as well. That's that's phenomenal, Norma. Just absolutely phenomenal. Now, you were also one of 16 women who represented the U.S. on a five-week visit to China. Um, and Was that to teach your authentic program to the university students? Yes. It actually ended up being seven weeks because I spoke at a women's symposium first, an international symposium, um, and talked about authenticity. And then I taught for five weeks to these university students. And yes, that was strictly about my whole program on authenticity and teaching it to these young women who are seeking to be future leaders to make a a major difference in the world. And what was so exciting for me is they all got major breakthroughs in the first week just by Mm -hmm. understanding. And the thing that I... That, that, that counts so much with authenticity is really listening to that inner voice that you have, the one that led me to do all the writings and understand, the one that I help people recognize within themselves, because that's where our authenticity really starts, by understanding and connecting with our inner voice. Okay, so Norma, you link life purpose with authenticity, which, which is your brand. So tell us how life purpose and authenticity fit together. Well, again, you know, going back to that inner voice, when Mm -hmm. you are authentic, you're listening to your voice. And your voice is the one who helps you connect with what your true purpose is. And I also connect purpose with your gifts and talents. Because every person is born with a unique set of gifts and talents that nobody else has in the same way that you receive yours. And then your experiences on top of that create an expertise and then lead you to your passion which leads you to your authenticity. And those are connected to your purpose. Your purpose is going to give you passion. It's going to give you drive. It's going to give you, make you feel like you're contributing something in the world. So, and that's an authentic feeling. So when you find that feeling, when you find that connection, you really are connected to your purpose. So they're really, to me, one and the same when you connect with them. Wow. That's, that is extremely powerful, um, Norma. Uh, and so what, if I heard you correctly, you said that your purpose links to your passion, your drive, and then from there to your authentic self. Is that correct? Right, 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 right. Well, your gifts and talents are, uh, are one of the foundational parts of that. The things okay. that you do naturally, the things you did as a child, the things that give you passion that you love to do. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I do now is help people in transition to really find their purpose, their gifts and talents, their passion, their values, because what you do in the world to be truly authentic should be aligned with those things. That's your purpose. That's where you're aligned. That's where you're most valuable to the society. And number why is it so difficult? That's where your leadership flows. Okay. I'm sorry. And number why? No, I was going to ask why. Why is it so difficult for us to understand what our gifts and talents and values are, so that we can move into that um, space? Well, you know, I really learned got reinforced on my trip to China of just what that is. And it's difficult because we make major decisions about our lives when we're very young. Mm-hmm. And by very young, I mean, you know, really generally it was before 25, we're 20, you know, 18 to 25, we're making decisions that really impact the rest of our lives. And oftentimes, just like me, I made those decisions based on the recommendations of my parents because they're the elders, they know more about the world, and they know supposedly more about what might be best for me. But what happens is that we don't always know, we don't always know our children well. We know mm-hmm. who we want them to be, but we don't know necessarily who they are. And we know who we are forming them to be, but they may form to be something else. 
So, so often we end up with a major in college or a path in life, a direction in life that was suggested to us by someone who was very well-meaning, but may really not know us all that well. And then we find out later that we're on the wrong path, and then we have to reach, we have to shift. And so mm-hmm. that's the challenge of really being authentic, to really step into yourself and step away from, to remove yourself from what your elders said to you. Because the other thing about that uh, 20 to 25 age range is your values are shifting. Because when you're born and when you're raised by a family, you are given and exposed to the values of that family, and which may or may not be your values. So you have to shift that. And then when you get out of your parents' house, you begin seeing so many other ways that people live life. And that shifts you and that changes you. And that, so your true authentic self is still forming. And you have to kind of follow that path and allow that path to unfold so you truly know who you are. So, Norma, is this why so many people are miserable in their jobs? I mean, I, I, have, I, I agree with you in the fact that I came out of um, a working mom um, and, a, and, a, and a working dad, obviously. He was an engineer, so he had sort of a, a um, I don't want to say rigid, but he still used a slide ruler. So you can, you can sort of tell um, how he um, worked his life. Um, mom was very clear, you, you know, if you're going to go into healthcare, you're going to be a doctor. You can also be a uh, secretary, a teacher, whatever. But, and that's sort of how I started my, my college career was in the medical profession. I mean, I did a, a, the first semester I did pre-med and I went, heck, I hate this. Um, so went into economic sociology with a minor in math and psychology, far too many um, subjects to work with. But I came out right. going, I don't, I don't want to be a secretary. I don't want to be a teacher. I still wanted to be a nurse, but you know, it's like my parents said, no, you're not going to do that. So I ended up going in the military where I, I learned a whole lot about me and uh, who I was and what I was and how that related to the environment that I was in. But even so, I don't, I don't think t- that I really got a sense of who I was until maybe five, ten years ago, which is a long time yeah. to sit and, and, and play with stuff. Yeah? Would you- it's true. And so younger people shouldn't, shouldn't panic about that because you're right. It takes us a long time to peel away the images that other people had of us. And also we're adjusting to how society is changing. And it's mm-hmm. changing so very fast right now. And when you talk about parents talking about careers for children, there is not a grandparent or parent on this planet who could have predicted that we could have the conversation we, now, we are now on a box or could look at a little box in our hand and talk to someone around the world. I mean, who would have thought that? So how can oh. we possibly imagine what the world might be like 20 years from now for the children that we're raising now, and even for ourselves. So what's, what's the key, what's the safety net for preparing yourself for the future? It's mm-hmm. not, in my mind, preparing yourself for a job. It's preparing yourself to be you, to follow what gifts you have, and then find a place for them in the world. I'm doing some research now on future jobs. Ooh. And as people go through, trend, yeah, it's really interesting. Because the kind of jobs that they're saying are going to be coming up in the future are things like um, people who uh, create body parts and organs Mm -hmm. and people who, people who, 
how about this, an android relationship counselor so that people will be in relationship with robots. And then how do you manage that? Uh, people, there'll be other people who help people understand what it means to be human. Because as we move more to artificial intelligence and robots in a digital world, we're moving away from the things you and I knew as children, mm-hmm. which is all the personal connection that we found so important. And there's, there'll be less and less of that moving forward because robots will be doing more of the work and there'll be less human connection. So we're, if we're not careful, we're going to forget what it means to be human. So Mm -hmm. these are some of the, um, you know, there's another one, uh, a space tourism guide, thinking that we're going to be in space so much and we're going to need tourism and we're going to need nurses and physicians that can work in space. I mean, I have a list of almost 70 or so potential jobs in the future. And it's just really interesting to see the projections of where life is going. So how can any parent prepare a child for any of those jobs? You don't even know what they're going to be. But you can prepare a child to be who that child is. And therefore, Mm. that child can then, as an adult, take those gifts and talents and find where in the world, with the changes that are occurring, those particular gifts and talents fit. Because they're going to fit somewhere. Because there's nine basic gifts, and you have to fill in those, and society builds on those gifts. There may be more gifts coming up that are society-related in terms of the different intelligences. But basically, if you know who you are, you can adjust to what's going on. That's phenomenal. I, I love some of these um, p- potential new jobs. Um, the the Android relationship counselor. I think that sounds really great. So, are we moving more towards the Terminator? I mean, is this? You know, uh, yes, that's what it looks like <laughs> to me as I do the research. It's really, really, they really, really interesting. Uh, I'm looking at some other ones. They have like a flight instructor, and that's not that's for personal human travel, not for planes, but for humans traveling individually, and they're going to need people to do, to create that. How about this one? An extinct species revivalist. Ooh. So bring back some of the extinct species, because as they have, as species have become extinct throughout, throughout time, they're realizing that certain species keep the, eco, the ecological system working. And because mm-hmm. some have been extinct, I read something years ago about they got rid of wolves somewhere. And then the whole ecology changed because they didn't realize the value that wolves brought to the ecology. So they mm-hmm. want to bring back some of these extinct species in order to create more balance in the world. So you know, it's you know, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. You know, Norma, it, 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 it's very interesting. You know, we have these science fiction kind of movies. And, and if you look at some of our science fiction writers like H.G. Wells and that kind of thing, who predicted certain things. I mean, they were in their books. They were in their TV show, Star Trek. There are things that they did in Star Trek that became the flip phone um, and, and that yeah. kind of thing. That, you know, we we have the capacity to say what if and to create yeah. those kinds of things, but we really don't think that they'll ever be real. I mean, I just watched Jurassic Park, the, the most recent mm-hmm. one, and mm-hmm. the sense that, one, where we created them out of cells in amber and then they they um engineered some new ones it's like whoa so you know i can see an extinct species specialist you know bringing these animals back but then are they coming into a world that they um can live in or because they have they haven't modified with the world exactly exactly yeah so uh, norma would you mind telling us what the nine basic gifts are 
Yes, the nine basic gifts are uh, verbal is one, people who are very good with words. Uh, visual, people who are uh, like your artists, their visual spatial is what it is. You can manipulate space well. Mathematical, logical, which is not just math, but also the ability to see the big pictures and to analyze things and, and um, basically see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And um, nat- naturalistic, people who learn by being outdoors and uh, they love the nature part and the, the patterns in nature. Musical, that's kind of understandable by most people. There's mm-hmm. uh, interpersonal, which is getting along with people very well, being very friendly. There's mm-hmm. intrapersonal, people who learn by going inside. Uh, there's bodily kinesthetic, people who are tactile <clears throat> and very mm-hmm. uh, physical. And then there's existential, and that's the one that's not as well understood, and that's people who commune with the universe and I love the wooey wooey people, we call them a lot, but that's becoming more and more recognized in the world. <laughs> so, what I tell people, <laughs> you understand that? I do. I what I tell people, yeah, <clears throat> authenticity to me is that you know what your top three gifts are and you're using them in the world. And your job, you're able to use those top three gifts in your job situation. That to mm-hmm. me is when you're most authentic. Okay, so Norma, there's one, one quick, quick question. We got a, uh, a minute, so I'll ask a close question. Do you have a uh, test for people to discover what their th- top three are? As a or matter of fact, it- I do. I'm just finishing it up right. And as a matter of fact, it'll be done in up in about two weeks. So yes, I absolutely do. Awesome. Yeah. So, audience, (laughs) during our quick break, um, I want you to think about those nine basic gifts and see if you can tap into which three are the top ones for you. And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America Women's Channel. 
a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I have with me the phenomenal Norris, Nora, excuse me, Norma Hollis, um, and she is the creator of the Authentic Voice System, which adds depth, complexity, and content to what it means to be authentic while offering roadmaps for individual and organizational success. And we were just talking about gifts and talents, and she gave us uh, a beautiful gift of the nine gifts. And then she said to me while we were on break that your talents come from developing those gifts and what, what avenues that you move into to make that happen. So, Norma, welcome back. Thank you. Okay. So, Norma, I'd, li- I'd like to sort of launch it. We talked about um, purpose and we've talked about authenticity. Let's launch into how this affects leadership. So, there are all sorts of wonderful questions. First one, of course, is what was your journey to leadership? Well, it's interesting. You know, in in some ways, I was a born leader because some of the traits that I have. My my sister tells me that I was a director all of my life as a child because mm-hmm. I was directing the family of what to do. And I remember when my mother was passing and I came in into Detroit from Los Angeles and the doctor said to me when he met me, he said, oh, now I know who's the leader in the family. <laughs> the others were not making decisions. So, I mean, certain things, you know, but, but, but that's one level of it. But until I developed it, it didn't mean a lot because mm-hmm. you can be a leader but not know how to treat people. You can be a leader because you can see you have vision but not know how, not know how to fulfill the vision. So, I, so in some ways it was a burdensome trip because I didn't understand the things that I needed to, le- to learn, which is why I was somewhat of a reluctant leader. But, mm-hmm. you know, my, my very first job out of college was directing a preschool program. So I became, oh. I was a leader right in the beginning. And as a matter of fact, my lack of awareness is in what my major goal was in life was to direct a preschool program. And oh. little did I know about the world, clearly, if the first job I got was that, nor did I know about myself. So I didn't know who I was, what I had to offer, or what the world had to offer. So for those reasons, I was a reluctant leader. And then some of my path to, to the true leadership that I can do now had to be learned. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's always the questions, are leaders born or made? Well, some of the traits of leadership you're born with. But again, like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, the gift is given to you, but the talent is when you develop it. So the talent for leadership is something that is, not, that is developed. So, so I'm an example of a born leader, but until I developed it, I wasn't as effective a leader as I could have been. Mm-hmm. Because when the you other say- piece about leadership, uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, the other part about leadership is that as a leader, your personal stuff gets in the way. And that's why one of the most important traits of authentic leadership is self-awareness. And that's what all the scholars and everyone that writes about authentic leadership talks about is how important it is to be aware of who you are. Because you have to know what your 
vulnerabilities are. Everybody has them. Nobody is perfect in the world. And in order to survive and to be effective in the world, there's still a list of things that need to be done. But there's nobody who has that whole list. We have pieces of that list. So the question is, how do you fill your gaps? So, so effective leaders, authentic leaders, fill their gaps. And it took me a long time since I was born as a director, according to my sister and my family, <laughs> to understand where, <laughs> to understand. And they didn't often necessarily see that positively, okay? So, yes. So it took, me, it took me a while to understand my leadership strengths and my leadership weaknesses. And then, therefore, to, to fill in those gaps. And I'm still doing that. And I'm at retirement age as well. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's, it's a long journey. It is. And I think so that was my uh, journey. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I Thank mean, if you. I could do some things, yeah, if I could do some, you know, you hear all the time, if I knew what I knew now back then, you know, it would have been different. So, one of my roles and one of my goals is to share some of the things I've learned with others so that the younger people, cannot have make the same mistakes I do. They may make their own mistakes, but they can share from the wisdom of what I've learned to not follow the same difficult path that I had to follow. And Norma, I think that that's really the key around the whole reluctant leader aspect. I know many of the women that I work with go, uh, I'm not a leader. Um, no. Mm. In fact, it is the most maligned word in the English language. Um, but what I find is that they lead without knowing like you did you know you know your family called you a director people just automatically you know they put you in charge of the neighborhood um, barbecue or the um, christmas drive for gift wrap or whatever it is these people tend to gravitate into those positions whether they want to or not i mean they may sit there and go no 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 somebody else can do it this year and they inevitably get put into the job because they can do it and they can they can do it yeah yeah um and yet they really don't have they don't feel they have the skills to be able to lead and two something you said about i made a ton of mistakes and i learned from them oftentimes these reluctant leaders are very adverse to making a mistake oh my god what if i ruin somebody's life by leading them in the wrong direction or telling them the wrong thing and it's sort of like um and i i tell the story often but when you got married norma did did your um officiant give you a manual as to how to run this marriage so it'd be perfect no 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 and did you have kids either you don't know <laughs> well and and you know dr spock tried but um, right, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we raise, we raise our our kids almost on a wing and a prayer. Um, we but we have, you know, we can read all the books that we want. But the children have their own personality and their own quirks and their own challenges. I mean, heck, you even raising a dog. You know, you can read all the <laughs> the, the dog yes. training books in the world, and your dog's going to do what your dog does. So right. You know, it's it's to me, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you don't keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. That you learn from your mistakes, right? Absolutely. And you know, the importance of that I've learned, particularly getting older, because I look at my parents, and my they used to tell me, my friends told me, well, you need a, your parents are sheltering you, and I didn't really understand what that meant. But mm-hmm. now that I'm older, I realize that my parents really gave the impression that that life was perfect. And that their life was perfect and that we're supposed to be perfect. And that's one of the most challenging things instead of 
raising healthy kids. They raise a bunch of neurotic kids because <laughs> we're not perfect. <laughs> so showing mistakes lets children know that perfection is not expected because if you're expecting children to be perfect, you know, you've got there's a wrong perspective there because there's no one that's perfect. Everybody has flaws. Everybody has things they're overcoming and challenges to overcome. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't feel bad about it because that's just part of life. One of the challenges to me in the work environment for leaders is that the work environment expects perfection. And you're not supposed to admit to mistakes. And leaders are not supposed to say, I can't do this. But I think one of the best things a leader can say is, you know, I'm not very good at this. And so, therefore, I need people on my team who are good at that. I'm Mm -hmm. particularly not that great at marketing. In order for me to be successful in my business, I need marketing people around me. Because I can't expect, I try, I took several years and tried to be my marketing person. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's not my gift. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I so agree gift. with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. when we do, when we do build teams, you know, bringing on, you said it brilliantly, bringing on people who um, complete you, who aren't That's like you. Like gas is what I use. Yeah, yeah, fill the, fill the gaps. gaps. Knowing what, knowing I think the gaps are, yeah, yeah. Is, is so important instead of bringing on people, everybody who's like you, because then what you get right, is right. you're all fighting for the same job. You all want to do the same exactly. work. And it does. Right, and, and there's right. still those gaps that don't get filled. Um, right. I, yeah, I totally agree. It's one of the reasons why I have my, the VA that I have. Carrie does my social media she does my graphics she she puts everything in infusionsoft i mean it's like thank you it's something else i don't have to learn and be bad at it um and taking right. far too much time i mean she whips through the stuff like you know a hot knife knife through butter and i just love that about her um and i, I don't know what i would do without her to be honest with you exactly. so I think that's really key is to determine is to figure out what makes you not perfect. What are the foibles that you have? What are the areas where you need somebody to support you? Um, I think that's really really important. And I think outstanding leaders learn that about themselves. That they, that humility is there that says, you know, I'm not the perfect leader. I do the best I can, but I have a team that supports me so that all of us together make a better leadership team, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's a challenge because most people are not, we're taught not to admit to our shortcomings. We're taught mm-hmm. to be, society teaches us to treat, be perfect and to, if you're not perfect, pretend to be perfect. But you can't <laughs> do that. So people who are most respected in the, in the upcoming world, how things are changing, I mean, the shift that I see is we're shifting from an industrial age to a digital age to an empowerment age. And the industrial age, when we needed robots to fulfill um, assembly-type jobs, and we treated people like robots. Yes. And a lot of the leadership now still has that perspective. Just do as I say. Don't understand. Just do things. And then the, mm-hmm. where we are right now in the digital age is how can you figure the problem out? Use your clinical thinking. Go to Google and see what you can find. And where we're going to in the empowerment age, especially with these young people, and they are kind of already in this mindset, is... How do my gifts and talents fit and connect and, and connect and align with what you're doing? That's where I want to be. I want to make sure I'm somewhere where my gifts and talents are working. I'm not a robot just to be told what to do and to make things go faster. And I'm not mm-hmm. just to go look things up. I have this other stuff, too. And by the way, I want to mention this, is that in the past, creativity 
has not been that valued. You know, they took all the music and the gym and the arts out of the schools and things of that nature. And since those are the things that really make us human, those creative things are going to be more valuable in the years coming. So Mm -hmm. where so many parents will tell children, well, you know, you know, you be an accountant because you can't be a musician because you can't make any money or you can't be an (laughs) artist or, you know, you're too soft and too feeling. But those things are going to be coming back because of the gifts and talents and because of the creativity and because of the robots and the artificial intelligence, we're going to need to be reminded of our creativity. That's what Mm -hmm. makes us unique. That's where our self-awareness comes from. And you're absolutely right that the self-awareness, you know, I I can't emphasize enough how important self-awareness is to leadership. And that's one of the things that I coach people on to help them to know themselves in such a way that their self-awareness and they have the confidence to be able to say, well, I don't want to do this well. And to know what they do and where their gaps are and what kind of support they need around them to make sure their gaps are filled. Absolutely. And Norma, just curiosity, um, you know, creativity is, is, sits on the feminine side along with collaboration, cooperation, empathy, you know, those kinds of, of traits, qualities um, for leaders and for people in general. And then we have the more you know, competitive, um, task-oriented, um, do, it, do as I say, not uh, kind of thing that sits on the masculine side. So do you see a marriage of those two as we move into the uh, empowerment age? I do see a marriage of the two, and I also see it as part of the effort of women and the feminine side and bringing that more into society. You know, years ago, women didn't even work and stayed at home, and, and we talk about the patriarchal society, which is all the male stuff you just talked about, which is what's mm-hmm. gotten us to where we are right now. So, right. yes, the marriage of the two would be phenomenal. And I think that's where a lot of women and, and not just women, but the people who are more conscious and mm-hmm. who are actually more authentic are moving toward. And the ones who are in control and holding the purse strings and, and pulling the puppet strings and all that don't want to give up that power. But, and, but society is moving in that direction, and, you know, hopefully that's going to win. You know, there's obviously an international effort to not do that, but that's why <laughs> those of us who are authentic and self-aware have to really be diligent and persistent in our belief that the marriage is, re- is necessary and the softer side of the world, you know, has to balance all this craziness. Right. You know, I just is- did some research recently. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go- no, no, go ahead. I did some research recently on, uh, on human dignity, and I was really just blown away to realize that in the 5,000 years of human history, there's only been about 70 years with a focus on human rights and the rights of human beings. And I'd never realized that society was structured in such a way that humans were an afterthought or are an afterthought by the powers that be. So, that's, so that, that just reinforces the need for the feminine side to come in because the powers that be, whoever they may be or whatever role they may play or whatever, you know, that's that power they want to hold on to. But the power can be shifted, can be collaborated, can be shared to have a much better world. And as I'm traveling internationally, I'm seeing that some countries, you know, have that view or I'm beginning to learn that. And I'm hoping that some of those viewpoints can be shared and the better parts and the more humanity, humane parts of being human that the different countries have can be collaborative coming together to make this a better planet. 
So, Norma, when you say only 70 years have we been concerned about human rights, are you talking about current time? Um, and that if we go back into medieval times and, and that kind of thing, that, that um, human dignity and human rights was not something that was valued? Exactly. The human rights that I'm referring to in 70 years was in when um, Eleanor Roosevelt in uh, 1948, December 10th. Uh, uh, had the ratification of the Declaration of Human Rights, where the UN, uh, countries in the UN signed a declaration saying that human rights, and they have these 30 things that are rights of human beings. If people can look it up at humanrights.com, uh, and there's a video that will explain it to them. And it wasn't until then that the world as a whole began to say human, humanity, human rights were, were important. But the issue is that even that declaration was not, it's optional. It's not like mm. a required. And yet in spite of that, there's still so much slavery, so much, you know, trafficking and all these other things that take rights away. I mean, even here with the rights of people, of family to be together, which is going on here in America. You know, these are human rights that were the UN declared uh, mm-hmm. just 70 years ago. So the history back to 3000 B.C., shows that this, this, is, this, is, this is what I'm understanding is the ongoing battle that's been going on so much from a leadership perspective uh, in the world, and it mm-hmm. just continues. And, and the, the feminine side of that would help to balance that if that could be marriage, and I hope it doesn't take another 5,000 years for that to happen. But those I, I, of us who have the consciousness, we got work to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I so agree with you in in all of that. Um, but it, it's interesting, I think, because we now have the ability um, to transmit information around the world. We're seeing more um, trafficking, right. sexual abuse, domestic abuse, senior abuse, whatever it might be, because um, we have the ability to. Um, let the world know. So it's no, it no yeah. longer can be a hidden um, issue. So right. audience, while we take this quick break, I'd like you to um, think about um, and maybe even go to humanrights.com, take a look at the aspects that we just so recently put in place to really begin to have some human dignity. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToLeadWithLinda.com. 
That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I am with a truly authentic leader, Norma Hollis. And we heard earlier that she'd written nine books early on about um, her system and her self-awareness and all this. And she has a brand new book out called Blueprint for Engagement, Authentic Leadership, which was published by Taylor and Francis in June of this year. Congratulations, Norma. Thank you. I'm very excited about this book. My first hard copy book. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's you, you can pick it up on Amazon. Can you get a Kindle version? Yeah. That kind of thing? Okay. So it's yeah, in all, you all the appropriate Amazon, yes. uh-huh. All right. Congratulations. What um what brought that particular book out of you? Uh well what happened is, you know, I trained people to develop to deliver my authenticity program, my authentic voice system. Mm-hmm. And I happened to train a number of people in the health industry. And one of them, um, Dr. Val suggested that I connect with her publisher to write a book. And Mm -hmm. so I did. And so when I did, the original idea was to do it as a leadership book for healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. And in the process of beginning the book, I got the invitation to go to China. And then I said, well, I don't want to lead it just for healthcare, but I want to go in a more general sense. And so uh, that was my, that was the, 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 the inspiration. It was just my health people. And so yeah, I have in here is my whole system for authentic leadership and for authenticity. And then I also have chapters by, from three other people, um, two health people, one a nurse and mm-hmm. one a naturopathic doctor. 
and one who was a former vice president of human resources at Target Stores. Oh. So it's a it's a great yeah it's a great pers- perspective because the three of them are case studies because uh, the nurse has tr- taught this in in military hospitals and in religious organizations uh, for a few years. Uh, the doctor has used it and shows how he used it for one of his patients and how that made a difference. And then the target person is in retail, so she sees the the bigger picture of what it means for human resources for organizations. So that way people can get a different view. And then I have uh, case studies at the end of each chapter that talk about how these, what I call nine dimensions of authenticity, impact people and how it's changed their lives. So it's a blueprint for how to be more authentic, how to get to know yourself and therefore be a more effective leader. So it's called Blueprint for Engagement. That's that's very impressive, and I, I I love the fact that the nurse was using it in military hospitals. I'd I'd be curious to watch that shift from what I call command to a more mm. authentic leadership. Um, I think that could be a really interesting shift in something that is one very masculine and two um, very um, uh, telling. Um, we don't ask; we tell. Uh, when right. when you're a, a leader in the military, oftentimes, uh, you, you know, you get the strategic um, you know, plan beforehand where you get a chance to in, interact and, and get information from, from everyone on the team and that kind of thing. But once you're out on the field, it's like being in a fire. You don't ask people, so are you ready to get out of the, out of the burning building? No, no, no. It's <laughs> yes. go, this way. This is where we're going. This way, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the military um, is still in that industrial age, and it may never oh. change from that. And maybe it needs to be. I don't know. But if they're in that industrial age way of thinking, you know, I'm the leader, mm-hmm. you know, do this this way. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Exactly. And, you know, and, and maybe that's the way it needs to be. I've never been in the military. I don't know. And I don't, I'm not a proponent of war anyway. So, but anyway, that's how I see it. Right. You know, I, I, I totally agree. And for those of us coming out of that environment, it, it has been interesting to make that shift from being a commander to being someone who uses more of the feminine side with the creativity, the asking, the engagement, the collaboration, all of that. It's it's a really interesting shift. And then, of course, you throw in for women the um, gender and cultural uh, yeah. heritage that we hold. Uh, and, right. you know, you talked a bit about it as far as you know, jobs and, and what, what was placed on you as to here's here's your life path. We know what's best right. kind of thing. Um, right. And I think right. you also right. talked about perfectionism. Right. Yeah. Right. And, that's, Which, uh, and military requires that. So, I mean, I don't know that that the military will ever change. I mean, it, it would be very interesting to see that. That, that is not my forte. So. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting. Like you said, you got you got to know your gaps. Okay, that's not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, and number one, I think what is what's also interesting is we've now incorporated the women's army corps, all of the women corps, into the male army, and you know the, I think there was some hope on the women's side that we would be able to, I don't want to say feminize, but at least bring those qualities into. The masculine world, and it's it's definitely, at least as far as I can see, is not happening. Um, and it, it would be interesting to see how we could make that happen in the long run. Um, yeah, that would be a very long run, probably. Uh, you're <laughs> right; would be very interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for those of you, those who feel who are called to do that, I wish you the best. So. Yes, um, and get in touch with us. But, yeah. Get in touch with us What's and. 
let us, I was going to say, and let, get in touch with me and let me know how you're doing and what challenges right. you're having and how, how I might be able to support you with that as well. Um, so, Norma, what was or what has been your greatest challenge as a leader and how do you overcome it? Well, I think the greatest challenge for me um, has been just really knowing myself and recognizing my weaknesses. Because I really didn't, you know, I was raised in a family that was supposed to be perfect. So if you're not perfect, how are you going to admit to your imperfection? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a self-esteem issue. How do I say, I can't do that or I don't know that. I don't think I mind it so much saying I don't know, but it's the I can't do. It's like I'm supposed to be able to do everything. I was raised thinking, because my parents were so perfect, I was raised <laughs> believing that I'm supposed to be perfect also. And therefore, you don't admit to your shortcomings and, you know, heaven forbid you make a mistake. You know, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. So coming to really, coming to be able to say to people, you know, I just don't do that well. Or, you know, I need help here or anything of that nature has really been, not been easy. So being able to say that now is a lot easier and it makes a big difference. So I just think coming to that level of understanding myself and knowing myself and being able to admit to that um, you know, it's been the greatest growth for me because I can say it now in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I'm not ashamed at all. But before I had that understanding that it's really okay to not be perfect. It's okay to make a mistake. It's really okay to learn from it. You know, people will still love you. People will still like you. And I think, I think it held me back a lot by not being able to do those things and say those things. Just like I said earlier, if I knew what I knew when I directed preschool programs and Head Start programs 20 years ago, I would have been a much more effective leader, you know, and, I'm, and I, now I understand why people didn't get me and I understand why it was a challenge in many ways to do the work that I did. It's because of my mindset. I mean, not necessarily theirs, but it was my mindset that I needed to change. And I kind of knew that, but I couldn't admit it and I didn't know what to do about it. So I think that was a challenge to really come to grips with, with who Norma, who is Norma and, mm-hmm. and how is she doing her path and just being authentic and true to myself. They say you teach what you need to learn. So I uh-huh. think I teach authenticity because I needed to learn my authenticity because I didn't get it as a child. Mm-hmm. I, I would so agree with that. Um, and I, I've told the story before about my mother um, believed that everything needed to be perfect. And you know she was the June Cleaver of the block, although she worked. So in some respects, mm-hmm. she wasn't. Um, and everything had to be perfect. So when I sewed my first dress, it was perfect even though I know it wasn't the sweater I knitted my first sweater I still have. And I look (laughs) at it and I go, I couldn't have done that. My mother must have. (laughs) Anyways. um, So Norma, you have a free gift for our audience. Could you describe it? Yes, I do. Yes. I would invite them to take my authenticity assessment. And it is a question, an online assessment that uh, a version of my assessment that I took 30 years to understand and develop. And it will help you get to know yourself a little bit better to understand yourself from what I call the nine dimensions of authenticity, understanding your inner voice, how you talk to yourself, your outer voice, how you are perceived by others, and your expressive voice, who you have become. So uh, authenticityassessment.com is how uh, how you access that. And that will give you a chance to get in my database as well. And then you're going to get some uh, feedback. You also have a chance to do a 30-minute one-on-one with me after taking the authenticity assessment, and that's complimentary as well. You just follow the instructions after you take it. 
Perfect. And I know, Norma, you, we would talk during the break that you, if people had questions about their three top talents, how to apply it, um, especially moving in transition, that they could connect with you at coaching at normahollis.com. And that Norma Hollis is all one word. And you'd be happy to uh, be able to, to handle that with them. So, Norma, what's the next great thing for you? Well, a couple things uh, I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, and authenticity is such a broad subject that it's taken me a long time to figure out my focus area in authenticity. So I'm focusing now on people in transition and essentially, particularly the 16 to 30-year-olds who are figuring out how to get their life going. The 40-ishers who have been in the world long enough to know it ain't working right and they want to <laughs> yes. make some changes. <laughs> and the retirees who are looking at, you know, I'm done with all that. What can I do for myself now? So... I'm looking at coaching and helping people to make that transition. And then the second thing that I'm, uh, that I'm doing is and moving toward is to becoming more international. I'm going back to China next year, and I'm also going to Bangladesh to teach my mm. authenticity. And I'm going to be reaching out to additional countries. Uh, Nepal is one of them, potentially Colombia and uh, some others, because I want my program to get uh, international. So I'm um, looking at speaking more often on different platforms and sharing the information, doing more training, doing more traveling. Just, you know, it took me 30 years to write the program and then 10 more years to understand what I had and what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm all about just doing it, just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing more radio, doing more uh, telesummits, doing more speaking, sharing the message and teaching others to teach others about authenticity and how important it is. Awesome. You know, one thing I didn't mention, let me just mention mm-hmm. this one other thing. I know we're about out of time. But there's a gentleman named Michael Drew who is a literary agent, a very successful one, who has a book out called Pendulum. And in that book he talks about, he researched history, human history, for 3,000 years and found that we have a 40-year shift that we shift from a society to society that focuses on me and how great I am, and then we go to focus on we and how we can do so much more together. And we're, right now we're in the we cycle and we have another 27 or 26 years or so that the we cycle is going to be very important and authenticity is important. So we're really just at the, even though it's a very saturated word right now, we're mm-hmm. going to hear more and more about authenticity. So it's really important to get on the bandwagon, to get to know who you are, get your self-awareness intact, because that way you can be the most effective and valuable for the society and making a difference in the world and being the kind of leader you were born to be. And, per- and trained to be. Perfect, Norman. Thank you. That's that's the perfect segue to uh, conclude. I want to thank you so very much for being with us today. You have given us a lot of cause to pause and things to think about, about our own authenticity. So thank you so very much for that. And audience, um, until until next week, I'd like you to, you know, if you've got questions about um the Art of Hurting Cats, um, the Seeds of a Movement Boot Camp, or any of the other programs that we offer, please email me at Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. And until next week, be courageous, dare to lead. Until then, bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.